Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs, and I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Coach of NFNL, KFKL, no fife, no life. No fife, no life. We are the Cousins. You can find us on Twitter at the Cousins Pod At the Cousins Pod, And we're back. It's so good to be back. How are you feeling, cuz? Ah, uh, nervous, mate. <laughs> nervous. We're, what, four days out from round one? Yeah. And uh, I'm getting the shakes hovering over my team. Yeah. What about yourself? You, <laughs> you're a bit dusty today as well, were you not? Yeah, just just a touch, mate. It's been a big weekend, so. <laughs> but we'll take uh, the mind off uh, the impending doom to come this week. Yeah, I just I needed a, a release to get my mind right for the start of the season, mate. You must be, you must be scrambling. So, Keebs somehow has decided to organize a holiday and he's flying out on Wednesday this week. Silly man. The day before, <laughs> we've done all this preseason research, all this work, and you're deciding to uh, go on holiday right when, you know, the, the most important couple of days of the whole fantasy year. To be clear, it's a forced holiday. <laughs> <laughs> if it was up to me, I definitely would not have have picked to go... Right on the cusp of round one, but, you know. Wow. I'll be, I'll be in... It cu- must suck to be forced to go on holidays. Yeah, mate, it's rough. It's a, it's a hard life. <laughs> okay, so today we wanted to kick right off by shouting out our good mate Jordox, who uh, hit us up on Twitter the other day. Let me read you this, cuz, because this is just such a nice message from Jordox. He said, just had a listen to you guys for the first time. Great episode. Really enjoyed the takes especially the pro-Rob agenda. We love He's one Rob. of us. We love he Rob. He is yeah. one of us. Thank you, Jordox. Um, but then he follows on to say, one question, what's with the Kissing Cousins intro song? Um, he said, strange, but somewhat catchy. And uh, yeah, I just, we kind of, we did address this actually in our very first episode. We did. Our it's pilot been, episode, but it's kind of been buried. It's been lost in the annals of Cousins, cousins <laughs> history. Yeah, um, why don't you uh, go ahead and explain it again? Uh, look, it's a pretty quick and simple explanation. <laughs> when we were kids, our parents made us kiss. <laughs> and so we've just rolled with that all the way into adulthood. Not the kissing, but the talk of kissing. <laughs> and just used it as the kind of weird overtone for our goofy pod. Yeah, um, we, cause we were just, I guess when we were making this, we are like, yeah, we should just... I don't know, we were just brainstorming random ideas for our song and I was just getting a bit silly with it when I was making the song. And then we just laughed so much when we made it and it was so <laughs> catchy and we're like, yeah, we've got to do it now. We've got to stick with it. So We, we wanted to be a little bit unique as well, just, yeah. just with the, the intro song. So Yeah, the Kissing Cousins. We achieved it. Shout out to Jordox though. Appreciate yeah. the love, mate. Yeah. Um, great. So first thing on the agenda today... 
You've got a bone to pick, haven't you, Keeps? I do have a bone to pick. I'm getting heated. This has actually been on my mind for a few weeks now, and I'm glad that we're addressing it on the pod. My bone to pick is with the AFL for not having updated injury lists four days out from round one. What are you doing? Four days out from round one. If you go on the AFL app or site right now and look at the injury list, it's just Geelong and Sydney from the grand final last year. What? Last, Seriously? Last time it was I have not looked. was the 30th of September, 2022. Are you sure your app's not cooked? A hundred, I'm 100%. checking this because I, I slightly don't believe you. Please do, because it's frustrating, mate. <laughs> I just, I can't, As if. I can't believe it. We've been through practice matches, pre-season games, the full pre-season, four days out from round one. I bet you we don't... Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But there you go, proof. <laughs> I'm actually stunned. It's, it's crazy. I did mate. not know that. I bet you we don't get one until Tuesday or Wednesday as well. It's, yeah, maybe not. It's just so annoying, mate. Like, we're trying to finalize our fantasy teams and we just don't have, still don't have all the accurate and updated information. Check out all these uh, fantasy relevant names on the injury list at the moment. <laughs> Sam Simpson. Uh, Cooper White. Damn. With a H-Y-T-E. Yeah. James Willis. Just... All the, all the fantasy players you'd want to know about on the injury list. All right the guns. There. So, AFL, bone is picked. Sort <laughs> yourself out, please. Also, no disrespect to those players because they're fantastic. But lots of disrespect to the AFL. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gil. Yeah, get it, get it together. It. Jeez. Do it, mate. Right. Um, bone is picked. <laughs> I'm happy. Great. Um, I have no bones to pick, actually. Oh, I'm in a good mood. You can just Everything pi- is good. You can just piggyback on mine and roast the AFL. Yeah. Love it. You can give me a piggyback. All right. Um, we're going to roll into our first segment this week. So last week, we had such a massive episode. We were going <laughs> to... We, we reviewed all the preseason games, and then we were going to roll into some segments, and it was like, oh man, this is already like an hour massive. and 20 minutes long. Let's save it for next week. So here we are. We're, we're continuing on. We're starting off with... Fantasy stocks. Okie dokie. We're here with fantasy stocks. Cabes, why don't you kick us off first? Who are you buying? I am buying Jared Witt's stocks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go. A bit of a a bit of a left field one, but we've kind of discussed on the pod throughout the weeks of the preseason that Rucks a bit of a merry-go-round this year. There's kind of only really three or four that you'd say are safe options that you could start at R1 and R2, which I think are Ron Marshall, Tim English, Jared Witts, and Rob. I mean, there's other options, like you could pay up for Gorn. Don't do that. <laughs> or Sean Darcy. But Witts is just solid. He's the number one ruck at Gold Coast. His, his points per minute in the preseason game was solid. He looked good. He's rucking against Proust as well, who is a fairly established and good ruckman. He's just solid. I think he's going to improve on what he did last year, and I'm just... I think so, too. The other day, he was saying how excited he is that he's had like a preseason, his body's feeling really good. It's all positive signs for Jared Witts. certainly is. We both talked about how great he looked, how good he was moving in the game as well, so I'm pretty excited to have him at, at R2 there. It's such a good sign for him, considering like he averaged 90 as it is last year. Yeah, and... First year back from an ACL with a, an interrupted preseason. He had like no preseason. We weren't even sure if he was going to get up for round one. He did. And he played didn't, every game. He didn't miss a game. Um, what do you think he can average? 
So his career high is around that 104 mark. I'm not sure if I see him going that high, but I think certainly high 90s, maybe low 100s. Mm. Um, he just, he's just such a safe option. And being such a great, probably the best tap ruckman in the AFL, his his floor is is nice and high as well. He's not going to drop like 40s and 50s on you like some of these other ruckmen do. So, um, yeah, high 90s is where I see him, but I think he could go higher. Mm. Who are you right. buying, Cuz? Well, <clears throat> I've got a bit of a different one for you. All right. I'm buying, just generally, I'm buying Giants midfielders and I'm buying Bulldogs midfielders. I rate it. Explain. Well, it's all about crisis creating opportunity. Well, not crisis, but there's so much opportunity in those midfields. There are so many extra minutes up for grabs for all the players that, I mean, some of them have been gun fantasy players in the past, but they've just it, there's just been so much competition at both of those clubs for midfield minutes. And this year, I think all of them are going to get a bump. I, I can't see any of them being bad picks, really, unless like injury or anything like that. But I'm so big on McRae. I'm massive on Baz. I'm massive on Bont, Josh Kelly, Tom Green, Cornelio. You could just load up on just those two midfielders. Even Callahan in the, in Callahan, the Giants midfield. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have a good season, I reckon. Um, I really think like a couple of the gems this year are going to be from those clubs. Yeah, I think there's question marks around a lot of the other primos, a lot of the other big mid-primos this year. So those two teams should be gold mines for us in fantasy. Yeah, it's so exciting. So I'm just buying, yeah, dogs, stocks, and giant stocks. How many of them are in your team? That's what I want to we- know. I've currently got... Well, I've got McRae. He's locked in. Yeah. Bont is in my team. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Love it. Uh, Cogs in my team. Kelly in my team. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Tom Green has come in and out. Um, I'm, I also think he'll be great, but I'm not too sure where he fits for me. Yeah. Um, we're kind of in the same boat with Green, I think. Do you want to talk about it now? Let's just talk about it now. We, we Tom can. Green. Yeah. It's an interesting one because I don't know what his upside really is. It's hard to tell from what we've seen if he's going to really increase on his marks and tackles, which is what he needs to do to be a fully-fledged primo. I'm keen on him because he's you know, cheap, but I think there's enough question marks that I'll probably steer clear just to start the year and maybe look to jump on. He might be awesome. That's the... like yeah. I, get, I get FOMO and maybe... Maybe we'll talk about this a bit later, but there are a couple of players that I'm like really scared could burn me that aren't in my team, and he's one of them. Like if if it all comes together for him, he could have like a Paddy Cripps type year, where well, he does see- like 105 and is a keeper. Yeah, yeah. You see how he started last year, and I'm sure he, that could translate into a full season of form. I'm just not sure. Mm. I don't think he's like he doesn't seem like a massive ceiling player yet. Like nah. he can obviously he can rack up disposals, but he doesn't hit the other stat lines hard enough to just have huge games. Yeah, for sure. It's hard. It's hard at the moment trying to find players in that seven hundred k range. There's so many that I'm keen on, but I don't have any of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have any either. Yeah, I've got a couple in that like hundred. Oh, sorry, average like that are priced around the hundred average mark. Yeah, and then I've I jumped down to. Uh, a bit cheaper from there. I think I've got Setterfield in my team at the moment. 
Yeah, me too. Um, we're looking very similar, I think. <laughs> I think we are, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tom Green is probably a no for me at this stage. Is it maybe? Yeah, I think he's a no for me in my starting squad, but I am keen. I'm I'm also keen like you on all all the rest of the Giants yeah, and the Dogs mid. They're going to be awesome. All right, so Kaz, who are you holding stocks in? I am holding stocks in a player whose ownership has actually plummeted over the last week, and it's Jack Steele. <laughs> you stole mine. Is that your That's hold who, as well? Uh, well, you you talk about him. Well, we, we, we can discuss, but it's pretty simple. He's just coasting in the preseason. He, he still had nine tackles, but you can't expect a player of Jack Steele's caliber to rack up, what, 30 disposals in a preseason game? and It just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense why people are jumping off. He, he, he looked fine to me. He looks fit. He's a captain of the team. What what more can you want, really? Well, he had like 80-something percent CBAs. It was like 88 or something, like something massive. Yeah, it was. It was, it was huge. Oh, the, the dip in ownership has sort of got me more keen on him. I think we're both this way inclined that <laughs> when players dip in ownership, we both get keen. Yeah, I, I can't believe people are jumping off. And I think it, it's probably also like the more advanced and serious coaches that are jumping off as well. Yeah. Well, Selby Selby kind of went cold on him in his latest pod with Xavier Ellis. Wow. Not not like super cold, but was like Yeah. Kind of a bit like I would feel more comfortable with the lad because I he was like I can see a bit more of a gap between them. Like comfortably can see a gap between them. Which I guess you could say is probably true. Yeah. I think with Steel you get what you pay for. Maybe a small amount of upside, but He's, there's no way he's going to be bad. There's no way at all. Like His his downside is just not really there. <laughs> Mate, I had a look at his last season. It was actually better than it felt in our minds. I think his start last year felt slow because he was priced at 120. Like It was frustrating yeah. for those who paid up for him. But actually, he was awesome. He didn't dip below 100 at all. I think he played one bad game for he the played, entire year. He, so he dropped a 90 the week I brought him in, I remember that, and then he got injured on a 70. So two like kind of average games, but one's injury affected. And then he played like one properly bad game later in the season. So one bad game in the whole season and people have gone cold on him and it was injury affected. And the, the, it doesn't really make sense for people to go cold on him because of Ross Lyon either, because he's sort of shown in the past that he's a coach that's really keen to get massive minutes into his stars and kind of like play around players like 5-1-2 Brownlow's under Ross you know it's he's gonna pump up Steel he's gonna have bulk minutes like I'm sure they're gonna play a style that really incorporates Steel into it as well like it's just and who else who would take those mid minutes from him it's like they just don't have anyone they don't really have any stars really in that team I yeah. don't know it's, it's him and Brad Crouch and that's that's it basically it yeah the other thing, I have a little anecdote about Steele. I talked about this last week on our episode, but I was watching that game closely. And, he, I mean, he still laid like nine tackles, I think. Yeah, like He still had a lot. But there was one moment in a center bounce where Merritt got the clearance and I saw Steele like just put such minimal pressure on him. Like he was just, he was not even trying to stop him really. He just looked like he did not care. Um, but I think he's going to fire right up for round one. Yeah, I think so too. He he got a, a pretty serious bake from Ross Lyon as well, apparently. Yeah. Uh, which Selby Selby spoke about on his pod, but it's <laughs> saying is an 8 out of 10 for effort and he wants his captains to be a 10 out of 10. Yeah. yeah. Rough. Steel, Steel is just going to... 
I actually think he might come out pretty hard. Firing, yeah. yeah. I think so too. I, I'm keen on him, but again, yeah, it's about whether he fits in. Okay, so my hold is from the exact same game. And this is a bit of a harder hold to uh, to do, but this is Darcy Parrish. Ugh. Now, everyone's gone, <laughs> everyone's gone so cold on him, but guys, come on. It's Darcy Parrish. I think Dossie and I will just star, we'll die on this hill. <laughs> now, I, I love Parrish as well. He, he's he's kind of our boy. He's become that over the last couple of years, but... I just... I don't think... I am not concerned at all. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be great, to be honest. Contract year. It's a pre-season game. It happens so often with primos. Yeah. They're just not going to try. Who's taking his mid-minutes? You, you would expect him even not really trying to be a bit better than he was. But like you said, it's just a pre-season game. You can't... With your primos, you can't really read anything into it. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him going below 105. Maybe maybe he's not the 110 guy we thought. I, I, I still think he is. I, yeah, I, I do too. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm not cold on him. That's the thing. So if you, if you were big on Parrish, just hold on. Just, just pick him if, if you're still keen on him. I wouldn't be concerned about that game. Yeah. All right, who are you selling stock in? Uh, my sell is a pretty obvious one, but... Early in the preseason, a few people were pretty keen on Jacob Hopper swapping from the Giants to the Tigers, and he just is bad at fantasy. We we said we said this on the pod, I think last week as well, but he's just not a fantasy player, and I don't think he's ever going to be one. I can't I can't see a world that he would make his way into any into any teams really now off the back of what he's done in the preseason. I hope that he is awesome and smashes it. <laughs> Cause, cause just, just to prove you wrong. I've just baked him on the pod for just weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, you have. Look, his his best season at the Giants, I think, was a 94 average, which is just nowhere near enough for where he's priced, considering he's kind of around the price of, like, Barry Adams, Green, you know, Goulden's around that price. You just can't, you just can't start with someone like that. You know, he could be a decent pick in draft, but... See, in my opinion, it's too early to say that he's a bust. He is off a, a preseason game. He no, it, it's not. It's not <laughs> off the preseason game. It's off the back of his entire career. But you see, <laughs> as a fantasy player. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let Hopper. <clears throat> you're a solid AFL player, mate. But you're just not no good at fantasy. <laughs> Straight in the bin. Who's your cell, Cuz? Tell me. Um, I've got two. Two cells. Yeah. You're the breaking first, the rules. The now. first one is just like a quick sell in order to jump on at a later point, and it's Brody Grundy. Uh, Fair. I don't I don't want to touch him at his price tag where he is now. Nah. Just, uh, it's so sad that he ended up at the same club as Max. We've been pumping him up for most of this preseason as a potential option, and I'm very sorry if we've led you down <laughs> <laughs> the wrong path because I can't see him really putting any points on top of where he's priced. Nah, his tog was low in the preseason game and he played really well. Like he kicked three snags and looked pretty dynamic in the ruck, but yeah, he's not going to be a classic option this Max year. Max is just too good to regress at this point. So mm. he's going to demand at least 40% CBAs, yeah. like which means that Grundy can't get above 60% and it's just, it's not going to be enough for a guy like Grundy. Even though he kicked three goals and looked good up forward in that practice game, that's not, it's not going to be a consistent role for fantasy scoring. Yeah. If for whatever reason Max goes down though, 
jump straight on. Just buy all your Grundy stocks back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just a, it's just a quick sell for now. But I'm ready to pound. I got I've got my finger over the button. Um, all right, the other sell is Andrew Gaff. Yuck. Yeah, he's just he's just past it. What, I think. What do you even say about Andy Gaff? I think we were keen on him for like three days. <laughs> we both started just warming up slightly and then he dropped that putrid score in the preseason game. Yeah. The sad thing for me is that he's in my keeper team and I... <sighs> Condolences, mate. I picked him pretty early at the start of last season and he's just... He took such a big step back and I... Yeah, I don't know what, what I think, but it was gross in that preseason game. What we did all... he score? Like a 30 or something? Oh, not much, mate. <laughs> But hey, we all make bad keeper picks. I pick keys as at my second pick, which is mate. He might get forward status if he does. It'll be it'll be nice. But at the moment, it's concerning that he's going to be like possibly an eighty average midfielder. I use pick thirteen on him, and you thought he was the next pig. Hey, that was only half serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's been uh fantasy stocks. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to get into on today's episode is I kind of just wanted to have a general team chat, seeing as we're kind of heading into round one. It's necessary to do before the season starts. How are you feeling about your team, cousin? Very good, mate. Really? Yeah, I feel phenomenal about my team. It actually has not changed in the last week. Must be nice. Which is... Well, to be honest, it's it's a combination of just working long hours, but all. <laughs> also just confidence in my players. I think everyone I've got in my team has ticked the boxes. I don't really have any question marks around any of these players anymore. Yeah, I don't... Well, I guess I don't have any players sitting in there that I'm scared are going to be bad. It's more that I'm scared to miss some other players. Like I have FOMO surrounding an, a handful of popular players... And I kind of wanted to bring it up with you. <laughs> this today's podcast is just therapy for me, cuz. <laughs> we, well, you've been so busy, so we haven't had too much chance to chat you, this you, week. Usually, we chat like ev- all day, every day about fantasy. Pretty much. You did and, say you did say yesterday that it was going to be your therapy as well. And uh, I've got headaches around a number of players. I'm nowhere near as secure as you are about where my team's at. Run me through it and we can discuss our, our FOMO <clears throat> together. Okay. First player I have serious FOMO about. And we talked about this a little bit off air before we recorded today. But Rory Laird, it's the elephant in the room, isn't it? Yeah. He's the only player, really, that I've got FOMO about. And the only one. More or less. I'm Everyone else... Yeah, I'm I'm happy with everyone in my team and there's not really anyone else that I feel like could massively burn me except Laird who could just start dropping 130 straight off the bat and be- become just this perma-captain who never drops in price. It's concerning. <sighs> that is the concern. Okay, so his ownership is skyrocketing at the moment. I think he's gone up at least 10% since, uh, since the Pracky game. I think he's up above 30% now. And that is just scary to go against. The best player in the comp, 30% of teams. Um, he's just a walk-up like captaincy option every week. Even if he doesn't put any uh, any points on top of his average, like say he averages like 121, 
I still think that's an awesome pick just because of what he's going to provide as a captain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't really see the downside to Laird. I just... He's so expensive, mate. This guy's never back up. Like, if, if you look at all the seasons gone by, no player has backed up 120 the next season in the last, like, six or seven besides Titch and then Grundy and The Rock. I think it, it's pretty rare. Like, we saw Steel, Took, McRae all have massive drop-offs the year after they went bang. It's such a hard discussion because fantasy is all about picking value, right? You're maximizing points for every dollar. But so that year that Titch went back to back, he did a 127 and then he followed it up with a 129 average the season after that, didn't he? Yeah, he improved. So he only, he, but he only improved two points. So if you, if you were to talk about like points per dollar, it's not the most valuable pick, but what he provided as a captain, you were just like, you were just having the roughest time every single week if you didn't have him in your team. If you were one of those brave coaches that didn't start with him. Yeah, watching him drop monster scores. Like huge scores. And that's I'm really scared of that happening again. Even if Rory Laird doesn't provide massive upside, just it's going to be such a headache because if he does average 121, he's not going to dip in price. So the thing is, we're going to have to pay for something close to the million mark anyway. And it's just easier to do that at the very start of the season when you have the flexibility to create that money in your team. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, the Laird thing is hard. It's For me, it kind of comes down to if we think Rory Laird is going to be the next fantasy pig. Because I, I, don't think it, I don't think it means that. Well, he doesn't have to be a pig to be a, a good pick. But if, if he improves even slightly, he's probably going to become one. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were going to keep talking there. I, I think he could. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. He plays like one. Okay, so I went back and I looked at, because we talk about when does the top player ever go back to back as the top player. Right, so let's let's go back. So last year it was Laird. Yep. The year before that was Steele, and he went bust. But he had an injury-affected season. He wasn't going at 120 before he got injured. But, he, he you know, his season wasn't like a perfect run. Like, you need to average 120. Yeah. The year before that was Lockie Neal. The year before that was Grundy. And Gr- and then the year before that was Titch. And Titch, again, the year before that. So, Titch went back-to-back as the top, top player. But the thing is, if you look at these players, like Grundy, even though he wasn't the top player two seasons in a row, he did two seasons over 120. Sorry, mate, just to cut you off. What? Took was the top player in Sorry, you're right. Took was the top <laughs> You are correct. No, nah, it, it was like by less than a point. Yeah, but yeah, you're yeah, right. It it's it's still relevant though. Exactly what you said. Took took dropped off sort of last the year. The reason took dropped off is, but you can put it down to a reason. The reason took dropped off is because he started copping a lot more attention. Yeah, it's a bit different. Still, kind of just didn't have the best. Yeah, season. He, I mean, he, he was amazing. He had a great yeah. year, but like just not quite the same standard. Yeah, I get but, what you're saying though. A lot of these players double up. Yeah, well, so Grundy had two seasons in a row where he did back-to-back 120s. Before Titch was a gun fantasy player, Patrick Dangerfield was the man. He did back-to-back seasons. He did a 118 and then like a 120, maybe a 121 what a off world. the top of my head. What a world, mate. Paddy. Oh, no, 120.5. Paddy, the highest fantasy player. Yeah, crazy. crazy. Zach Merritt had back-to-back career-best seasons. So players, it's not... 
it's not totally unreasonable to expect a player to have two seasons in a row where they go at their like career best, you know? No, I think I, I do think Laird maintains. But again, man, I think if you can find value somewhere else, like McRae, we think McRae and Kelly could go back to being 110 plus guys. And if they do that, I think I'd be more than happy to start with them over Laird and just take, what, a 10-point hit, 20 points if you count the C. But for guys that have upside, we'll... I guess create a bit more money and just to be able to find more value in other areas and, and I guess delegate funds a bit better. So what, what would it take for Led not to go back to back? What do you like? What would he have what to average? Could stop, to be what could, no, what could stop him from actually doing what he did last season? Just a, a slight. Tags. Do you think he gets tagged? Oh, he'll get. He'll definitely get one or two. I don't think he's he going to be. He copped one late last year, right? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a massive tag target, but he will cop some attention throughout the year for sure. Yeah, but um, I don't. I don't think he's like a big tag guy like Took became or like Neil became, which is what sort of stopped them from just being enormous all the time. I don't know, man. He's starting to hit the scoreboard now. Like he started. He started piling on the goals. Like he he, he put two on West Coast in the preseason game. If he keeps doing that, and Adelaide. St- improve and start becoming a decent team then he will certainly start copying tags i reckon they could yeah but he wasn't even all australian last year yeah but it's just because adelaide were bad like if adelaide improves which they easily could because they've got such a young list and then he'll get more tags you reckon 100 percent. and you think about it who else on the crows would you tag there's no one yeah dawson no. will cop like the occasional forward tag yeah but that's different but yeah, there's no one in the midfield that you're tagging over Laird. So I reckon he will get more attention, but... I just think he's so like handball happy. Like most teams are like, yeah, you do your thing, mate. Like, I don't know. He doesn't, he's not like a, he doesn't seem like that damaging type by foot. Oh, I, re- he, I reckon he's on the improve in that area and that'll see him get shut down a bit more. But yeah, it's injuries, the other one, but you never really want to bank on that, you know, going into a fantasy yeah, season. No. A, a player who is healthy... <laughs> getting, yeah, getting exactly. injured out of nowhere. Well, he didn't even have a preseason last year, and now he's now he's it. had one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I've got FOMO about it. I just think now's the easiest time to pick him. It's just so hard to jump on. I do have a bit of that FOMO as well, yeah. but I think I don't think it's enough to to persuade me into him. Yeah, I guess the point you're making with the injuries, like you can't bank on it. But the more that you pay for a player, the more kind of risk that you're taking on with something like an injury, you know? Like, o- yeah. he only has to drop a 90 for him to dip a lot in price from there. Yeah. The, he, you know, he's certainly going to be a top eight mid. There's no question about that. The only... I guess, really, the only downside to starting him is if, yeah, he does get injured or tagged early, drops a bad score, then everyone else... You could jump on. ...will be able to jump on at a discounted rate. But that's kind of, I guess, clutching at straws in a way. Yeah, I don't know, Matt. It's hard, but... He started consistently putting up such high ceiling games last year as well, though. Like, even if he drops one bad game, he could follow it up with a 140. Yeah. And then not even dip, like, more than 70K, 80K, you know? He's just a touch touch too expensive for me. Yeah. All right. All right. So, the next player I've got FOMO about is Connor Rosie. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a difficult one. I think the structure is what makes it so hard because every year that's just such a walk-up pick, I think. But I've got such a like such a headache about the forward line at the moment. I can't, I can't bring myself to fade any of those top forwards. 
I have abandoned the Rosie ship. I've thrown the life the lifeboats over. <laughs> no wonder you feel so good about your team. Mate, I just... Rosie's a gun, and I'm sure he's going to be a primo forward, but I don't necessarily think he's got the upside that all these other people see. Like, it was only right at the back end of the season that he started pumping up these solid scores after just being below average for the rest of the year from a fantasy standpoint. Um, I don't know if he's just a primo now. It could just be a little wash of form that he had. Um, I could see him doing high 90s, even maybe low 100s, but I don't really want to find out, especially when I'm I'm more keen on Goulden, who's cheaper. I, I think they're both going to be awesome, though. That's why I've got such a bad headache. The structure of five primo forwards looks gross as well. No, well, this is... So, I kind of wanted to chat about structure because... I don't know. I I firmly believe that structure should be dictated by the players that you're keen on and whoever's available. And I don't know. I I think there's a world where you could do it. Have all five of them. Maybe start one of them in the midfield and have Philippou. Have Philippou on your ground. But I don't think Philippou's going to be in a very fantasy-friendly role. So I think that's one where you could have a really whack-looking team and just go with it. Yeah, I've seen people jump on the like... Or I guess discuss incoming DPPs as a reason for not starting with five primo forwards, but I just think that's not not really something to to count on because there might not be any good forward additions. Yeah, like, you don't you, know. You, yeah, you just don't know. So yeah, I think you know starting with all five is fine if you keen on him. And like I I think Rosie will be a gun, but yeah, there, he's just the one that I'm most keen to fade out of the five the five big guns. Yeah, I can't. It's, I've just, every day, I just swap between Rosie and Cogs, Rosie and Cogs. Should, should we segue into the rankings? I feel like yeah, that's, so that's kind of where we're, we're, we're drifting with this. We are a little bit. Yeah, you've you've got some thoughts about these forwards, right? Yeah, so, because I was having this the same sort of issue of deciding which forward to fade, because I, I was keen to start with four, but not all five. And so what I did was I ranked them on seven categories from best to worst, and then gave them a score. So the best was worth five, then four, three, two, and one. The categories are value, consistency, tags, how injury prone they are, ceiling, role, and risk. Do you want me to, do you want me to read out <laughs> all of them? This is going to get dry, mate. It is going to get dry, but I'll try and speed through it. Yeah, speed through and it. Then and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you whether I agree. Okay, all right. So value, best to worst. I've got Goulden, Rosie, Taranto, Cogs, Dunks. Yeah. Consistency. I've got Dunks, Taranto, Cogs, Rosie, Goulden. Say it again. Say it again. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I need to I need to picture it, please. Consistency. Dunks. Yeah. Taranto. Yeah. Cogs. Yeah. Rosie. Yeah. Goulden. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Okay. Tags. So how, how susceptible they are to a tag and how likely they are to get tagged. I've gone from least so like the, the one that you would be happiest with not to be tagged to worst like the player most likely to get tagged yeah okay okay i've got cogs taranto dunks golden rosie yep and then how injury prone they are i've i based this on how many games the players have missed throughout the course of recent seasons okay so golden is the best. He just doesn't miss. Doesn't games. miss. No. Uh, Taranto, 
Rosie, Dunks, Cogs. Okay. The last four have all missed like decent chunks of time from seasons gone by. Goulden's the only one that just doesn't miss games. Um, but that's kind of a bit of a, a hard category to score, I guess. Um, then ceiling, I've got Dunks, Cogs, Goulden, Taranto, Rosie. It's funny that Goulden is... I mean, I guess he did actually drop like a 150. 155 season, yeah. last year, yeah. That's true. Okay. And I think his ceiling is going to increase. Whereas a guy like Rosie, the reason I've got him last is because his career high score was like 146. And he's been in the league for, what, five years now? Yep. Okay. Um, And then obviously Dunks and Cogs both have monster ceilings. Like Cogs has dropped a 190. Dunks has dropped a 180 before. Yeah. Taranto's ceiling solid as well. Yeah. Um, then roll, I've got Dunks, Cogs, Taranto, Rosie, Goulden. Okay. I think that's fair, but I would maybe swap Taranto and, and Cogs. Cogs. I think... I mean, well, Kings, Kingsley came out and said Cogs is going to be a hundred percent midfield. Yeah, they want him to be like a star midfielder. I think, you but Taranto e- is honestly going to be their main guy. Yeah, he, w- he he's will. their number one midfielder. I think you could score them either way, but yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll swap it around just for you. It's <laughs> it's important for me because Cogs is the one that, that you know, myself and on. probably most people are like, is he the one to fade? But I, I'm still really bullish on him. That's why yeah. it's so hard. Okay, so risk. So the least risky to the, the most yep. risky, yep. in my opinion. Dunks, Taranto, Cogs, Rosie, Goulden. Okay. Even though Goulden's the cheapest, he's the biggest risk because he could just get Roll, st- roll is the biggest question mark over him. Yeah, exactly. So I, I scored them on all those categories and then I compiled my... Best to worst. Do, okay. you, do you want best so what's, first? What's the best score that they could get? 30. Well, so 35. 35. Theoretically is the best you could get because yep. five was the most. Yeah, if you got five points category. in each category. All right. But Dunks was the best with 26. Okay. Then Taranto with 25. Yeah. Then Cogs with 21. Then Goulden with 18. And then Rosie with 15. Wow. <laughs> Science, mate. I, I know. So I know that was a lot of kind of it, yeah, it was very dry, but I just did that for myself to kind of have something yeah. that I could at least uh, just get yeah. my thoughts out. Yeah, totally. To put it, to, make, to make rank sense them in some sort of way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to, to make sense of it all and at least have something that I could look at and be like, yeah. okay, well, there's actually reason for this. It's yeah. not just guesswork sort of thing. The only flag is that I guess it's sort of like your opinion on all those categories. Yeah, but for sure. The, when, when you lay it out like that, I, I agree with those rankings. But I'm a genius, so everyone should listen to me. Do you, do you <laughs> think there's a world where we could fade Golden? Are we just... Yeah, for have sure. Have we just... Have we just accepted it too blindly now? You you definitely could. Like, are we are we blinded by fear that that now he can drop a one seventy? It's like I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just it's the like Mills didn't play that game. That is that's a significant yeah flag. It is. It's just the you know it's a third year breakout. It, it's any, a classic breakout, isn't it? It is. Any mid time is a huge improvement for Goulden. Like, because he wasn't really getting many CBAs at all last year. He did have some here and there, but, you know, if he, if he goes up to even, what, 30, 40%, he, he could just skyrocket. Because he's shown in his first two seasons that he can find it on the wing, he can find it in the forward line. He's already put together some nice games. For me, I think he's a safer pick than Rosie. He's cheaper. 
the role is is the big question mark around him, but he's shown more of a fantasy game in the past. I'm just not Rosie. I don't know what it is, mate. Like, <laughs> it's I've done the rankings and you agreed with them, so yeah, that that, that speaks to it as yeah. well. But I just think he's ticked every, like he's done everything you'd possibly want to see. Yeah, he, he finished had. last year well. Once he switched role, but he's got inbuilt value because of his old role at the start of last season. Yeah, I'm not in any way claiming that Rosie is going to be a bad pick. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, I think he's going to be a good pick. Yeah. I just... What? <laughs> he had like 80% CBAs in the practice game. Yeah. For like 90% TOG, 92% TOG. Yeah, he's not going to play 92% of the regular season. Though. Like, I think he was just playing that in the, in the preseason to... For fun. Yeah. No, nah, but just to get some run into his legs. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. What? Tell, tell me Tell me your thoughts on that. No, I... Yeah, I just think it's a good sign. It probably just means that he's, you know... He's had a, he's had a strong preseason. He's feeling fit. He's ready to go. There's no, there's no management of him. He's just... Yeah, he's fit and firing. He wants to kind of take over as the number one guy there. I just I can't see him not averaging a hundred. He he played one game above ninety percent tog last year. Yeah, okay, but I I don't think he's going to play that high in the season. But I just mean like, I don't know. He's just it's just scary. He he'll be good. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I think he he'll be a good pick. I'm just saying out of these five, he's the one. He's the one to fade. I think is the one to fade. And I just I don't think he's got really the ceiling of the other guys. Like I don't think he'll burn you as bad because he's not going to come out and just drop like one thirty, one thirty. Okay, so let me reframe the thinking just a little bit. What if we take the positions out of it completely? So, say we've picked uh, Dunks, Taranto, Cogs, and Goulden in our forward line, and we've gone Philippou and Sheasel. And then, what if you were to compare Rosie to Tom Green as midfielders? So, you're considering starting... Like, where, where do you see Rosie's, Rosie compared to Tom Green? I think Rosie is a better pick than Green. Okay. I, you could... That's what I'm saying. You could start him in your midfield. There's no issue with that. It's just... The way I structured my team up, I had to fade... I sort of had to fade one of them. You don't really have any 700k guys, right? Just, well, other than just Gordon himself, yeah. yeah. But, I, I, yeah, I didn't want... I didn't want them. There's a, there's a reason that those players are kind of in that category, and it's because they're... They've got upside, but they don't necessarily have the runs on the board to indicate that they're just going to become fully-fledged primos. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's highly likely. Like, uh, yeah, I think Rosie is a high 90, 90s guy. I don't know if he's a big, big uber primo that a lot of people think he is. Well, okay, I've just had an idea. One other thing that might be able to separate them for me is... In my mind, I think Rosie is the number one tag target there at uh, Port now. Absolutely. That's why I had him ranked as the... Yeah, but let's actually go through the draw quickly and see if he has any like tag games early on. Okay, so we've gone through and had a look at the draw. I think it had to be done. Um, So the first team that... He comes up against that could tag him is Sydney in round four. They've um, run Clark as a tagger before. Uh, Saints, he's got in round seven, who probably will tag him. And then he's got uh, Hawks in round 12 as well. So he comes up against at least three teams that 
like could or probably will tag him before the buys. Yeah, for sure. I could definitely see Sydney running row bottom at him as well if if Clark doesn't get a gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and you flagged potentially Essendon might might tag. Yeah, well, North North ran taggers a lot when Brad Scott was a coach. Um, and besides Merritt and Parrish, Essendon kind of has a subpar midfield and they've used Caldwell from time to time. So, yeah, I think I think you'll get a tag from Essendon as well. That, that's in round eight. So that's potentially four in the first half of the season. Yeah. So maybe Rosie could be could be one to fade. Speaking of tags, though, do you think Goulden is a chance for a tag um, at Sydney? It's too hard to say now. He's definitely... Because they have Hawks in round two. Him and Warner are the two that will probably be tagged from Sydney. I could I can't really see Mills getting a tag or no, Park. Or no Warner. way. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely he's definitely a chance. And I think if Goulden gets tagged, he's could be in trouble. Um, <laughs> if, I, if if you were coach, would you tag Warner or Goulden? Definitely Warner at this stage. Okay. Um, Warner's Warner's like a pretty established player and had a, had a massive year last year. Um. Yeah, it just depends. I guess it, it kind of it depends on who gets loose within a game or that's yeah, it could it could change in game as well. Yeah, that sort of thing. But um, Golden does like to tackle as well. I think like I, seeing him go inside more this year. If he does, I think we'll see his tackle numbers increase. And a guy like Rosie hasn't really got big tackle numbers on the board. I think he averaged less than four a game last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's from a significant sample size of midfield time. Because he was there for at least like half a season. Yeah, he only his first four games he was playing forward, and then after round four, yeah. he was just full time mid. Yeah, and as we know, like players that don't tackle much, they hate a tag. They just do not do well. Yeah, Rosie's definitely not the kind of like grunt player that's going to just tackle his way through. All right, you've you've kind of sold me. Maybe Rosie's the guy to fade. If you fade one, fade Rosie. But <laughs> I'm not claiming that. It needs you need to fade. Are you going to be responsible if this if he pops off for like a one hundred five plus average? Will I will I cop it? Yeah, yeah, I'll cop it. Hundred percent. Right. You're you're copping a roast, cuz. I just think he's got the least. <laughs> he's just he's just the he's the one to fade, man. That's all right. <laughs> all right, you've you've made me feel a bit better about my team because I I'm so keen on Cogs. I think he could be awesome. Me too. He's slightly less upside than Rosie, but I just think he's going to have a hot start. Significantly, I, I, I feel it in my bones. Yep. Significantly more chance of actually being a primo as well. Oh well, yeah, we know <laughs> he's he's kind of already priced like a primo, but yeah, he, he is, could go into he Uber, primo. Uber primo territory. Back to Uber primo territory. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks for that correction, Cuz. <laughs> All right. So I think we've covered pretty much everything this preseason. But one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit more before round one was the rookies. So who? Currently, have you got on your field? Which rookie's on field? I've got Jinbi, Chinkotta, Chinkotta. I've got Ashcroft, Mackenzie, and Sheasel. Mm. Um, yeah, Philippu. I mean, it's it's related back to our previous chat of the forwards, and do I go with all five of them? Do I start one in my midfield? Philippu is one I'm sort of a bit like iffy on. Having on my ground yeah. still, I'd be keen to to find a way to get him off. Yeah, I I definitely don't want to start Philippu on my ground. I've got Jinbi, Chincotta, Ashcroft, Sheasel, and at the moment Davy. But I'm just 
playing around with that F6 spot. Yeah, that, that, that's going to change. I've just been playing around with that F6, but um, that's definitely the structure that I'm looking at. And I, I guess I, I've kind so of... So you're going to have a basement forward, is that what you're saying? Like uh, no, not necessarily basement forward, just a rookie forward. Davey's just the one I've got there at the moment. But, but it got, could be Philippou. Yeah, I've yeah, got, okay. got Philippou in my utility. I've got Pedler and Sturt on the bench. Okay. I've got 400k in the bank too, so I can... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you it, could have a primo, mate. Nah, mate. Nah, not quite. Save a bank. That's one of the cousins. Yeah. Cousins top tips. Yeah, but, I love it. Um, I've also got Bytel in the mids, who's not technically a rookie, but I mean, he's close enough. He's three or five k. Um, I think he's got solid solid upside too. And then Constable as another three hundred k player in defence, but again, he's not a rookie. He's just close. I like the structure of sort of two two two. With yeah, ro- with it feels rookies. good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it does. Good. It's the team just feels even. It's it's built evenly, which I like. It's just I wish there was a better forward rookie that I could I could play on field and have a bit more confidence in. It's funny, Philippu, like he actually might be all right. I don't know. He has massive junior numbers, obviously in a different role, but um, we see it all the time where there's. There's rookies that, based on their junior numbers, you go, you could not feel them at all, and they end up going all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you don't pay too much attention to those junior numbers, really. Like it's a good indicator of, I guess, what a player's upside is, but they don't. I don't think they necessarily translate into big rookie years. Like I don't think that's the only the only indicator of that. The um one of the one of the things in Philippu's favor. Is that I think just for everyone's structure, they kind of have him there. Um, it's kind of it mitigates the risk a little bit. The fact that everyone's got everyone's <laughs> just gonna cop it. Yeah, it, at least just to start with, and then if if he turns out to be better than we anticipated, then great, we roll with that. Um, and if not, then he's like sort of one of the ones that you're looking to. I don't know, move on soon or replace with another rookie if another one pops up because. Every single year, it always looks grim with rookies, but then someone pops up out of nowhere. Like Nick Martin last year, he was he was on our radars as an option, but we didn't know he'd go on to average like 80. Just smashed it straight <laughs> out know. of the gate, mate. Yeah. Um, so I think inevitably there's going to be one or two that kind of pop up as scorers. Yeah, they're, um, they're generally, generally is. It, ha- it happens so. every year. <laughs> It'd be nice if one of them was a Ford. There's a few Fords that are higher price rookies that I'm kind of keen on, like Judson Clark and uh, Menzi. Yeah. Um, I think they could both be sold small Fords and actually put up decently consistent numbers for for rookies, obviously. But um, yeah, that kind of that F six position sort of remains to be decided for me at the moment. One thing that's a little bit scary about rookies this year is the changes with the sub rule. There might be a bit of carnage um, just in general. For those of you that can remember what, what fantasy was like when the sub rule was just a normal thing back in the day, it's just chaos every week. I just remember so much carnage. That was just the game. Um, just tears every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one thing that we do have in our favor, I guess, this year is if your player is the sub, they will definitely be coming on the field to play. There's no medical sub. You don't have to wait for someone to be concussed or break a leg. They can, they'll just get subbed on, you know, maybe after half time or late in the third or to give a boost. So 
and we're not losing anything either. It's a, it's still four on the interchange plus the sub, which, yeah, I actually don't think it's going to be too bad for our teams. It'll be annoying when, you know, players drop low scores and then their Bs go up for rookies, but we could see more rookies come out of the blue because there's, I guess, technically an extra player playing for teams. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think how teams might try and use it strategically. Probably a player with a bit of like energy or a bit of flair can come on and provide something for the team. It's generally the way, yeah. Like yeah. They'll get a, a hard running player or, you know, like a, a perfect example last year was Toby Bedford for Melbourne. Just a quick outside, like small forward type of player. Mm-hmm. I reckon we'll see a lot of, a lot of those guys be. Be the subs this year. It's just scary to think that a player could just be taken out of the game that's like not injured. Coach is like, no, yeah. see you later. You're out of here. Yeah. Like Je- the red vest back in the day just used to be the worst feeling. Like if, if it ever happens to like a captain or something, it's like, oh, you're done for the day, mate. They're just not coming back on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's concerning, mate. It's, it's I mean, if it's concerning. your captain, it's probably because of an injury, but we ha- still. We had just- some... Horrible times back in the day. <laughs> Remember Titch? Titch used to be the sub. Yeah, every week. Swans. Yeah. Because Horse just hated him. But for, he'd, he'd, for some reason. <laughs> he'd come on late in the third and still drop a 60. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember one game he literally came on at the start of the fourth and dropped a 60. <laughs> Such a freak, man. <laughs> yeah. That would mean that it's Titch. It's Titch. But yeah, ah, uh, the sub. It's, it's back. It is back. I'm 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 scared. <laughs> It's going to be fun. Like, part of me just craves the, the carnage a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, everyone everyone's going to cop it. It's an even playing field. It, it just... It, it does make it more exciting. Yeah. Yep. It helps to separate, I think, some of the, the coaches as well. Yeah. Okay. So, we have one more segment for you guys. The final segment of the preseason. We're coming to you with one final pod merchants. I am the pod merchant. Welcome to my store. All right, so my pod for pod merchants is Sam Bear. No, not really. Not really, guys. Just kidding. It's Josh Kelly. Now, this one speaks for itself. Josh Kelly has been an uber primo in the past. He's averaged 113. He's averaged 116. When we actually brainstormed this segment for last week because it was supposed to be on last week's episode. His ownership was at 4%, but now it's at 6.3. So I guess he's not technically a pod, more of a unique merchant. <laughs> um, it doesn't have the same ring to it. it, it but keep going, keep going. <laughs> but uh, he's 28. He's in the prime of his career. The Giants have come out and said he's going to be one of the main men in the midfield. He's going to be a full-time midfielder. None of this wing business, none of this half-forward business. All inside for Josh Kelly. He had the most CBAs for the Giants in the preseason game. One of the big issues with Kelly was that we all kind of thought that he was injury prone, but he's been injury free for over two years. He's played over 20 games in in both of the last two seasons. I just think he's a lock, mate. I think he's gone back up to 110 plus and he's been sitting there at M2 for me for a long time now. Yeah, he's a gun, mate. I think at 6%, it's interesting. It's not very much, but I think if you were to look at say, the top 1,000 or maybe like 5,000 coaches from last year and to see how many of those teams he's in for this year, 
It'd be probably more than 20%, I suspect. He's yeah. just he's just so cheap for what he can do and all the boxes that he's ticked. He's had a good preseason. Uh, yeah, Josh Kelly. He's such a good player to watch. You, you've flagged it earlier as well when you said stocks up or buying stocks in the Giants' mids. Yeah. And we've kind of just, I guess, circled back to it. But I think he's going to be massive this year. I think he's, a, he's definitely a top eight mid. Yeah. Okay, so my pod for this week is actually a player in a very similar price category to Josh Kelly, and it's Marcus Bontempelli. And again, it's kind of like what I was buying stocks in. It's from the Dogs midfield. So let me sell you a Marcus Bontempelli. So in 2021, he averaged 108, and in 2020, he averaged 105. So straight away from those two seasons, he's got at least five points value baked into his price. Now, in 2020, he averaged 124 in the back half of the season when he was playing about 80% midfield time. And he was probably like the best player at the at the back end of that season. Rory Laird was also actually massive yeah. at the end of the COVID year, but Bont was like huge. Now, for the first 18 rounds of 2021, he averaged 112. And if you, if you actually take the average from round five, because he had a bit of a slow start, I think he copped a couple of tags... He actually averaged 117 over a 14-game stretch from round five. And last year, he only had 58% CBAs. But I think this year, with dunks gone, um, we could see it probably at least above 70%, maybe close to 80%. Well, that's that's actually been confirmed on the AFL app. I don't know if you saw the article. I was just about to quote, yeah. actually. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry for interrupting. So I've got the quote right here. So when asked about an increased midfield role, he answered this. He said, I probably will. It's about where you can get an advantage. If it means spending more time on ball to support our stoppage and structure up the field, then that's important. And then also, he did um, an interview uh, with Jared Waitley and he, uh, he was getting asked about a whole bunch of things and he got asked about whether he wants to be the best player in the competition and like how he feels about that and if those are his aspirations because a lot of the first half of the interview was about, you know, the the team and him being the captain and where he sees the team going. And he was just, he just seemed really positive about embracing that sort of, you know, that thing for himself as a player. You know, that's like something that he is happy to have as a discussion and he embraces the talk surrounding being the best player. He's hungry for that Brownlow. It's a positive sign. I think we could see a Brownlow type season from the Bont. And if he has like 70 to 80% CBAs, I think he's a 110 lock this year. I can see it. I love I love Bont. He's the man. Um We've we've both owned him heaps over the years and he's never really let us down, although he's never taken that step that we we've always thought he would take into Uber Uber Primo territory. But yeah, this could definitely be the year with that increased role and I guess the loss of dunks. Yeah. Well we've seen it at least three times where he's done Stretches. Uber Primo yeah, Uber Primo half seasons, but he's never done it for a full season. But I just get I don't know, it's just a feeling that I get, plus he's ticking the boxes that maybe this is the year he does it for a full season. So he's he's locked into my team. I'm really keen on it. Um, yeah, the guys around the hundred, the hundred mark, I think uh, are where I'm really looking to invest this year. There's so much value there. So much value there. Yeah, just guys that you know can put up uber primo numbers for like a stretch. Like even if you look at Andy, um, Andy Brayshaw last year. He was priced at like 104 or something like that. So he wasn't even super cheap. And I think last year he put maybe eight or nine points on top of his average. 
Yeah, but in the first half, it was a lot, yeah, a lot more. Because he was the the top player for like the first half of the season, it made him such a great starting pick. He got so far ahead. And then everyone paid top dollar for him anyway. And I think it could be the, the same sort of thing for all these guys around the 100 mark, like McRae, Kelly, Bont, Cogs, all of those guys I'm keen to load up on. Maybe not all of them pop straight away at the start of the season, but the ones that do are just going to put you so far ahead, I think. Love it. Bont, do it. Kelly, do it. <laughs> so that's been Pod Merchants. All right. That basically wraps up the pod, I think. Um, final thoughts, cuz. What, what are you feeling as we, as we lead into round one? I've got some things to work through. I'm, <laughs> I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting nervous. Um, I really want a hat this year. I, I just, it's going to be a good year, but I've got to sort out a couple of things. I'm, I'm nervous that I'll be in country New South Wales with un, unknown levels of reception <laughs> when round one kicks off. It's a nervous times at, I at Super Subs HQ. <laughs> I can't believe you're doing that, for one. And two, I've just had, just had an idea that maybe <laughs> if you don't have reception, just don't look at scores and I'll just break them to you at the start of next week. Oh, we, yeah, it, it'd be funny, but no. Nah, I'll, I'll manage your team over the weekend. I'll just make sure nothing crazy happens. No, nah, I think I think I will. I think I will have reception. It'll be alright. I'm keen to watch the game. So, but yeah, worst worst comes to worst, I'll just write you up a, a massive list of instructions. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's probably that's probably a good time to to say this as well. That the next pod will be a few days late. Um, probably about Wednesday or Thursday instead of the the normal Monday release that we do, just because. I'll be in New South Wales, and we're gonna we're gonna have to record remotely and and get that all sorts. Do all the too. fun things. A few days late the next pod, but yeah, it'll it'll be coming to you, and it's gonna be so fun in season. I can't wait just to start. Oh, mate, <laughs> this time the content is gonna be hilarious. I this, can't wait. This time next week, there's gonna be some some sad sad men on the pod. You think so? Oh, there's always some sort of carnage in round one. Yeah, surely. that's true. You you were so bullish though before. No, nah, the team the team's rolling, mate. Well and truly, but something's going to come up. It always does. All right. So I guess good luck, everyone. Round one, off we go. Thanks um, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Twitter. We do all our best work there at the Cousins Pod again. The Cousins Pod. Well, I was supposed to say at first at. The Cousins Pod. <laughs> One more time at The Cousins Pod. Follow us on Twitter. You know what to do. There we go. All the best. Good luck. We'll see you on Wednesday or Thursday next week with a round one discussion. See you later. Thanks for listening. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. I love my cousin. All right, we've we. We <laughs> just laughed straight off the Sorry, it was just there was just no energy in the way that you said. All right, it was hilarious. <laughs> all right.